the local earshot podcast would like to do a shout out to them evils and their new single overdrive available now shot we got a guest in today straight white buffalo oklahoma city artist he's more on the um doom 
psychedelic acid rock kind of uh, uh, flavor. Uh, we actually saw him when we went in to see, it was a Perseus gig, Perseus. wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Blue Note. Perseus. And he was already playing when we were setting up, and I was like, man, this guy's got some talent, man. I think we ought to get him on the show. So here he is. Cotton, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I got to do one quick thing before we get going. <clears throat> uh, shout outs to you know everybody uh, that's listening. Thank you very much. If you know anything about us, we operate on the value for value system. If you feel so inclined to help out the show, go over our, to our donations page. Where's that at? It's uh, localearshot.com backslash uh, donate. If you feel so inclined to help us out, go over there and uh, time, talent, treasure. We, we've explained it. You guys know how it works. And right now, uh, Cotton White's giving us some of his time and talent. How you doing today, man? I'm hanging in there. Sounds like you had a hell of a week. You know, it's been a humdinger. But... <laughs> so, as I don't want to brag, but I've rolled a few vehicles myself. You, you said this, you asked me if we're still on for the podcast, and I'm like, yeah. And then immediately told me, cool, I rolled my truck, but I'll be there. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> That's not normally something you plan the, you know, a few days later after something. So uh, what happened, man? I mean. Well, I was working on an oil rig out in BFE in Arnett, Oklahoma, and just going down a really, really um, backcountry road. It was like half... I was on the blacktop, and my speedometer don't work. Let's not tell Johnny Law that. And then, <laughs> I don't know. Evidently, I hit the gravel, and I saw a sign that I was about to hit. And I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then I wake up on the grass. So, like, I, I just remember getting up and hobbling over to the truck, getting in there, thinking I was going to drive off, because it was on all three wheels. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't realize uh, one of the wheels, hey, was missing. And, um, yeah, quite all what had happened. Man. So how, how many times did you go over? Evidently, uh, four times, so says one of the trusty truck drivers that showed up and called the EMTs and all that mess. Like, Well, they're the experts, I would assume. I mean, damn. You were in, what were you in, man? I was in a Tahoe, and everybody showed up there like, I thought that was an avalanche. Because it's all, <laughs> like, the back's all fucked to hell. Like, you know. I rolled in a Ranger, man, and it... it it's quite the experience to go. Did you wait? Wait. Did you flip end over end or side side to side? I'm assuming side over side. Like uh, I, I, I think you get more points for going end over end. Yeah, well, higher risk. One up me. All over right. Me, yeah. <laughs> Bonus, buddy. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> so we I got real by a, um, like a, we we were on a trip in Barcelona, Spain, and I got uh, like or my my buddy's driving, and we got hit in a minivan, a Volkswagen minivan, by a diesel truck on the Autobahn. And it pushed us, and, it, and we were like, when the, we were moving the wheels back, like he was moving the wheel back and forth, and like the car would like do this little like rock shake thing, and it was just slowing down, and it just stopped. And during that 30, 40 seconds, like I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the traffic at the other side of the road driving by, and I'm going, is this really how I fucking go? Like, like, is this really how I'm going to die? I'm going to die on the Autobahn in a damn minivan. And then I don't know where it just stops. And uh, we get out of the minivan and, and, and these, um, that like, uh, the, we, we told the guy, hey, you got to call the cops, you know. And so the policia comes out and they're like, eh, you got to get off the highway. We're like, what? They're like, you're in the way. This is the Autobahn. You're you you can't be on here. You're in the way. You need to go. And we're like, you're not going to assess the car wreck or anything? They're like, no. You need to go. It's paid for. Like that, that, that's how it works out here. It's it's taken care of. You gotta go. And so it's like, damn. Yeah. So we got kicked off the autobahn. No fucking around over there, man. 
Well, I mean, Hitler built it, and I mean, uh, let's face it, he was looking to move a lot of people out. So I'd say that highway can move the traffic pretty pretty efficiently. So I don't know. I'll probably piss people. That's off a bad. That's a bad joke. That's a bad joke. Well, hey, it didn't go there. half as bad as it could. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, I never heard an argument about the Nazis' engineering skills, so I don't know. <laughs> um. I mean, like, unless you're working for NASA nowadays, like, oh, I don't think there's hey, that's a whole other can of worms, man. I mean, uh, it, no, it's the same can of well, worms. Well, same that's can That's the worms. problem. Yeah. Operation <laughs> Paperclip. Look it up, people. Yeah, it's a real thing. Some greasy man. shit. So, okay, you, you had this wreck. You don't remember the impact, uh, but you woke up on the ground, so obviously you got thrown out of the damn yeah, thing. Yeah, And you're here with us today, so obviously you got all of your arms and legs. <laughs> yeah, just a couple of scratches and, you know, freaking a little um, concussion, and I'm a-okay. The good old Lord is just um, keeping me around for something. I don't know what, but... Well, if he gave you nine lives, I think you used eight of them that all night. <laughs> Holy shit, man. I've been in some bad ones. I've never been ejected out of a vehicle, but uh, uh, when you it? said that, I was like... Oh, Did you keep your shoes on? Holy shit. No, I didn't, actually. I got these Crocs from one of the truck drivers. Like, I've never owned a pair of Crocs. And I'm like, you know, I'm a trashy piece of shit, but like, I, I, but, like, I don't want no Crocs. Anyways, I had my... My flip-flops on at the time. It's got standards, people. And yeah, well, one, like I couldn't find my flip-flops. Like they kind of got got lost in the whole affair. And um, one of the people that showed up on the accident was like, "Hey, man, he's like, take my Crocs." And I'm like, "What a swell guy!" So I've been sporting them ever since. Like, so I've got these like entirely too big Crocs on. Like that's what I'm rolling with, hey, man. I guess. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta I mean, you roll, wear that roll with the breeze, man. You know, the wind's at my back. I'm gonna go that way, you know. Whatever. I didn't want to hear the damnedest thing. So like, I'm, I'm freaking all like, I'm sitting in my truck, you know. Everybody's like, don't move. I was like, you know, I walked over here, like uh, first off, and then a freaking cop shows up, you know, just serving and protecting like you, like cops do. And this motherfucker's like, hey, uh, so tell me what happened. And, you know, I'm explaining that, like, well, I woke up on it. He's like, all right, so that means you uh, weren't wearing your seatbelt. He's oh. like, well, I gotta <laughs> do it now. He's like trying to give you a ticket? <laughs> oh, no, not trying. He did. <laughs> Sorry, motherfucker. They gave me a ticket for hitting the, a sign, too. I'm like, I see. See, if I was a cop, I'd be like, "Man, did you learn? Did you learn your lesson?" Are and you're okay? like, "Yeah, I flew out of a fucking windshield." He's like, "I'll always wear my seatbelt from now on." You know, like I'd say, getting ejected out of your vehicle at 70 miles an hour during a rollover is punishment enough. No shit. Fuck. Needless to say, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna fight all them tickets because the, the signs that I took out. Who paid for those signs the first time? <laughs> Pretty sure the ODOT uh, gets funded by uh, yours truly. Yeah, you know, the, I'm pretty, I got this inclination that the taxpayers pay for that sign. So, I, in my opinion, I we, reckon, own it. we will pay for it the same way we did the first time. Just don't take this in as evidence of us talking about it as speaking on behalf of the taxpayers. Yeah, fair enough. Hopefully. The, uh, the local earshot podcast does not give legal advice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Not that I'm trying to stifle your audience. Hopefully, uh, local law enforcement of um, a small town starts with an R and ends with a net. 
um, doesn't tune in. Hey, we uh, have been known to, uh, as much as we love Oklahoma, and we are proud Oklahomans, I mean, we do, we always shout out our Oklahoma brothers and sisters. There are some creepy ass small towns in Oklahoma that I'll say it. That, that's a creepy ass small town. I, 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 go th I go through a lot of them in eastern Oklahoma going to Arkansas for that. We went to that diamond mine. <clears throat> There's some small towns. You just, we could stop. How much gas do we got though? <laughs> right? that's, that's like that's like going through kansas you know oh, you, you get about you get about halfway through kansas and you're like am i almost a haze so i can stop and get gas and then not for another you know kansas miles. is like that except no rolling hills it's just no trees either nothing and they'll they'll give you tickets in kansas because they'll pull you over and they'll they'll just like give you a ticket and, and be like like oh you can pay it online i'm like i don't live here <laughs> like, at the time i was living in colorado i'm like i don't live here and they're like they're like oh you can uh you can pay that online have a good day and like uh, walks away i'm like all right i guess i'm paying this ticket that's how it is in texas <laughs> uh which we didn't mind actually we actually got caught on the express lane through dfw one time and like my parents were we were traveling together and they were miles ahead of us and then we got on that express lane next thing i know they're calling us like we're gonna stop back here like oh we already went through that town we were way ahead of them <laughs> they sent us a ticket in the mail for not paying it because we didn't know how it worked it wasn't a ticket it was just the bill they don't give you a ticket they just take a picture of your license plate and you this is what it costs to go on that road it was well worth it man we slung shot through dfw before we even knew it we were on the other side i'm like we're doing that every fucking time I'll pay it. It's worth it. You know, if you call them, if you call them, be like, hey, uh, like the turnpike uh, authorities or whatever, and be like, hey, I accidentally went through without paying, blah, blah, they will uh, allow you to pay the, you know, uh, $3 or whatever the hell it is. Every time I go for a toll gate. Okay, now tell me if I'm crazy here. Like, uh, when we got these turnpikes first year impression that they told us, okay, just a couple years of paying tolls, and then the roads will be paid off, and then we'll quit doing it, quit charging you. That, <laughs> it's just more and more toll booths now. Not to mention they raise the price every year or two. Like, yeah, where does the money go now? Nobody knows. I had heard goes. that China was behind <laughs> Well, China's behind everything. Well, suppose... The Russia. Russia. It has to be Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia? No. That's no. witch hunt. Fake news. <laughs> that's fake news. That's fake Smells news. like some good weed in here. There is good weed in here. I don't know. I'd heard somewhere a long time ago that China had interests in our infrastructure on that particular... Uh, like on the turnpikes. On the roads? Yeah, yeah, they supply uh, concrete to... America, that's a known fact. They they supply all the because they they have all the dirt mines and stuff like that. They get all the concrete, and so they provide a lot of the concrete that we use to build everything. Yeah, I heard slave um, bones. <laughs> Help me, decent shitty. This is a uh, conspiracy episode. They're, they're uh, moving up, man. They're moving concrete. up in the world. China. They're quite the. Uh, I'm talking about Chinese slaves, so like, let's not the... get in trouble, like. <laughs> Quite the scene on the on the uh, global scale these days, China. Those pesky Chinese people. Uh, so you're pretty much hell on vehicles, from what I gather. Uh, yeah, um, I, you know, I haven't been in all that many wrecks. If I have a vehicle I love, it's gonna die a horrible death, <laughs> and then I'm gonna get left miserable about it. Well, you, you told me your first band started out. It was uh, Electric Witchcraft, <clears throat> psychedelic 
you know, kind yeah. of rock band. And that started out of the, uh, the flames of another uh, motorcycle accident, did it not? Um, no, no, no. Um, that, the motorcycle accident was sometime after that. That was like um, early teens, beautiful me. Like, mm. Well, not early teens, late teens and early 20s. Teens, 20s, it's all the same. When are you turn 30? <laughs> I just did that. <laughs> I'm on the back side of it, so... <laughs> no, at 26, I almost died in a terrible motorcycle wreck, which was a lot of fun, I guess, but... <laughs> you see, I was I was jumping six trash trucks on my motorcycle, and a goddamn pigeon got caught in my cape, and I hit the last trash truck going about 70 or so. Everything happens at 70. That's my unlucky one. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I got <laughs> fucked up, got a traumatic brain injury, I broke every rib I had, I broke every bone in my face, broke my neck, broke my collarbone. Jesus Christ. And, you know, TBI and all that mess. Top to bottom, huh? Yeah, well, you know, my legs didn't get no damage or nothing, but I had to walk around with a helmet for about three or four months. God and a neck damn. brace, that wasn't fun. So, quite quite a long rehab uh you know, by the power of Jesus, and um, this is the tackiest thing they include in the same sentence, Jesus and the <laughs> chasing after a sweet poontang, like, you know, I was, I was kind of right back at it pretty quick, like. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> well, you know, somebody, it's the Lord who made pussy in the first place, so. And they made you love it, so... Exactly. It just seems, I mean... The Lord works in, in mysterious ways. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. So, electric witchcraft, and then motorcycle wreck, and then did it fall apart because of the wreck? Or did no, you just have that to was... Um, everybody what? moved away. Well, I say everybody moved away. Um... Just, um, it was one of the things, like, the, the main drummer, he moved, he was, um, an airman in the Navy, like, um, he's from, like, Seattle, Washington, and he's one of those Navy guys that's never been on a boat, like, and I'm not saying that to, like, degrade him at all, like, he's an airman, so, that's even cooler, right? <laughs> so, he was stationed on Tinker, and, um, that was, like, one of the best Craigslist finds I ever found, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, he's the man, like. That dude was Well, I mean, were you looking for members for a band on Craigslist? Yeah, no, that's, oh, what I was yeah that's an option back yeah. in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was your second go-to next to MySpace back then, you know? Oh, Craigslist. for real. Like, you know, I don't know if it was so much technology or the fact that I'm a complete incompetent boob when it comes to booking and all the other hats a musician has to wear, like, doing this shit, like... But back then, like, you know, we had MySpace, and that was really about it, and Craigslist, like, so I, like, we might have played, like, a total of, um, this is a really generous guess, I'll say 20 shows, that's really generous, probably, because, like, this is before Facebook and all mm -hmm. that shit, so mm -hmm. half the time it was me walking into some place with like hey who does the book it you know cool guy and then they're like oh you gotta send an email it's like uh oh shit <laughs> you know, all the way it's out of my sales like you gotta send an email which immediately means uh, means i have to set up an email which means i have to go to a computer which means i have to <laughs> you know right? I, I had a couple right? of hot you just have a phone number for this person <laughs> Pussy get her 69 at, at, at hotmail.com. Yeah. 
<laughs> you gotta have his birthday year. He's like 1988. <laughs> no, no, 1969. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Throw an underscore in there. <laughs> yeah. You know. Fuck it. <laughs> we all had an email like that. No lie. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's what you did. It's because the internet was so new. We didn't have memes, like, you know, or we had memes, but they weren't called memes yeah. yet. So, yeah. like, we just had, like, dirty little kid jokes. We had E-Bombs World. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, E-Bombs I, World. I was about. Yeah, and then uh, Killfrog.com, ever seen that? I was Not a child guy. Kill, was Killfrog was, like, cartoons. It was, like, it was like the old uh, Flash cartoons. Oh, no. I, oh. And they had things called, like, Bad Clues. And it was uh, it was like it was a it was a bad version of Blues Clues and stuff. Hell it's yeah! Really fucked up. The, the, the oh. original video was a was a it's called Kill Frog because because the original video was the frog in the blender video of like <laughs> this little cartoon frog and the person's going like, and then just like zaps this frog in the blender. Fucking the, the inappropriate or unneeded censorship where they take like Jimmy Kimmel or whatever, but they'll just insert a censorship line for no a bleep for no yeah, reason. Yeah. It just turns the whole mood. And uh, the child used to do Sesame Street, and we used to watch it at work, which was a bad idea, because <laughs> <laughs> we start laughing, and then every manager or boss in that whole place knew that we were not working on our job. You want to kill an afternoon, just go online and type in birdisevil.com, or like birdisevil on, on like there, because I don't think the website's there no more, but if you go, if you type in birdisevil on like Google, it will show all these images. It'll show Bert like standing behind Hitler. Like, and like, there's like Bert like in, in at the Murfetto building. Like, it's just, it's basically saying that Bert's behind everything. Oh, Bert from Sesame Street. <laughs> from Sesame I thought you saying Bird. No, Bert. <laughs> Bert. No, birds are drones. That's, yeah, birds that's, uh, aren't even real, dude. They're not real. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, okay. oh. I've, I've fallen into a lot of rabbit holes. Like, you know, I guess I could say I'm Mr. Conspiracy Guy, like, although, like, I'm firmly getting a little more emboldened about, it's like, are these really conspiracies? Anyhow, the the fake bird thing, I don't, I don't know, I just, I missed the whole briefing on that, like. I actually went to their website and read it. Well, you got a lot more patience saying. than I do. No, Holy no, uh, I, I wanted to know. I wanted. I was curious. <laughs> no, no, I'm part of their group. I'm part of the group on Facebook. I'm part of the group on Facebook because the jokes are hilarious, you know. But, uh, but I, but I, I went on their website and um, and it says that like back in the '70s, they um, the the presidents like did this thing where all the blo- they caught all the birds in traffic and they didn't catch them all they they certain types right so like they they got all these birds and so there's there's ones in circulation that are real but there's a bunch of them that aren't now uh, and what they do is is that they they put out a ton of birds in circulation and so then we all think that we're that oh well these birds are on the poles but they're actually charging or they're doing this and and so there's like this whole intricacy of like why it happens but but it does freak me out though because there's a certain bird that they that they use in all their logos and stuff. It's a pigeon or it's like this like type of bird, right? And I was going home the other night, and I and I wish I would have got a picture of this because it was the closest thing I've ever been to a, a bird in the wild, you know, not like a zoo <laughs> or whatever. But I, I like walked into my apartment right above the door, like right by the door. This bird was just like chilling right above it, staring down at me, 
and it was like a big ass bird. I was like, oh fuck! And so like I just unlocked the door real quick and got inside because I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to get attacked by this bird. Well, <clears throat> consider yourself lucky that the one following you and watching you is a pigeon because we got geese after my fucking ass. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Those geese, are the most aggressive I, fucking bird. When I used to work in security, we had properties that had geese on them, mm-hmm. and like, and you would just try to walk by them, and they would start chasing hitman. you and attacking you, hitman. like, and, and you're like, you're like, no, I'm good. I don't want to mess with you. You you stay over there, and they'll, they'll they'll just look at you and like walk around. And and if they they put eggs certain places on the properties, they'll they'll chase you. So y'all want to know what the the um, I don't want to say biggest because that would imply they're big. Well, I'll just say it in the expression. They're not particularly huge, but the biggest piece of shit bird there is like it's a fucking guinea. Yeah. Those are some... Uh, I don't know what the uh, proper name is, and I hope people aren't like, oh, that's a slur. Well, no, damn guineas, man. Like, it's they're like good, they're good of, for eating ticks, though. That's why people They are, them, you know? and supposedly they're a guard animal. Like, we used to have them, but the only problem is they turn on you. Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> it's kind of like when you have, like, a really fancy lock that keeps you out of your shit yeah. all the time. Like, you they're, know? They're not a guard animal. They're just an aggressive animal. <laughs> yeah, they're cocksuckers. Like, okay, I live out in the country. So, like, you know, we'd have them, and they... they they get in the front of the barn and they keep all the fucking horses out of the barn, which is not cool. It's like, okay, guys, you got like one job, <laughs> you know. And then they move to the house and tried to keep us out of the house. So we're like, no, <laughs> like that's like we could deal if you fuck it up the other animals like home, but not not ours. Like this is too much. <laughs> So keep my you mom. can't be scared of something the size of a basketball, all right? <laughs> my mom calls them little army helmets because that's what they look like to her. Like, it's precious. Oh, man. So you lifelong uh, Oki then? Do what now? You lifelong Oki? Yeah. 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 Uh, who, who do you work with on this band? You have uh, Straight White Buffalo. It's um, a two-piece, right? Yeah, it's a two-piece. I got a old boy named Ryan Moraine. He's... He's the man. What's what's funny about it is he's probably a better guitar player than I am. I mean, I try not to tell him that. I try to just keep him in his place as the awesome drummer. So like, but I, you know, that's that's one thing about having a. I'd like to say we're a good band. I mean, I wouldn't be so cocksure about all this shit if I thought we sucked. But well, I wouldn't have you on if you sucked. I mean, I'll I'll just say that straight up. I'll say I'll say that's the key I mean, though to not sucking. It's finding a good drummer. Like, check out a band before we like you know contact yeah, them. Yeah. No, well, we I mean, really don't. We just we talk to anybody. And, and the night <laughs> we we saw you, we saw a Shelter in Place had come down from Tulsa, and uh, I, I I guess they were a fairly newer band too, and and they put on a pretty good show. I'm like, well, that was cool. And Persis, they've always been. They've, they've been with us since day one. So, um. yeah, shelter in place. Those guys are, are really cool guys, and I, um, I can't tell you the um, backstory as far as who um, uh, their primary guitarist has played with. But from what I know, he's he's a who's who kind of guy. Like got quite the reputation. Like he's a hell of a player. And it's like when somebody busts out like pro gear, I'm always, they always raise my eyebrows. Anyhow, they those guys they invited us to a um, a benefit for a a, um, a guy that had got diagnosed with stage four cancer. And I mean, typically I'm not Mister like oh super benefit. I mean, <laughs> I gotta figure out how to articulate this. Like I I'm down to do benefits. Hell, I'm down to play whatever. Yeah. I just like playing shows and whatnot. 
Anyhow, it was a really, really neat experience. Get to do a benefit, like particularly a cancer benefit for a guy that's there, you know, and not just some like um, ambiguous like charity or something. Like, it, it's just really neat having a, a face to like this good thing we're doing. Like, you get to yeah. shake the guy's hand and like, you know, be no, like, hey, um, we're doing this for you, guy. Aranda did the same thing. Uh, Earlier this spring, it was a can for a cancer patient. I guess I don't know a friend of the of the band or just mm -hmm. a, someone they knew, but yeah, it was the same thing. And she was actually there, and so it's like when you put the donation in, you actually get to talk to this person as opposed to just see a picture of them or whatever. So it does make a big difference. Yeah, it definitely was one of the best things as far as feelings. Like, you know, I mean, usually you do a cancer benefit, you don't pat yourself on the back too much. Not like I was just like, oh yeah, I'm so great for doing this, but like nevertheless, like it, it felt really good. It's it's those feelings are kind of few and far between, even if you do um, benefit concerts for like um, charities and whatnot. It just actually seeing the person you're benefiting, him and his family was there and whatnot, and they and nevertheless, I guess the moral to all this is um. Shelter in Place had put that together. It, that was somebody that they knew, known, kind of just a local music lover that they knew, and I guess friend of the band. And um, it was just really, really neat. And those guys put it all together and That's were to awesome, thank man. for and all especially that. up in Tulsa. It seems like Tulsa's got a lot more uh, uh, tentacles, I guess, as far as reaching <clears throat> talent or, or or songwriters or something. It seems like that that vast space between Oklahoma City and Tulsa is uh, <laughs> just what's needed yeah, I guess you know I, I'll say the culture there is completely different and by that I mean um it's like um what are you doing on a Friday night well folks up there going to see live music yeah. is like one of the things that you do on a Friday night or you know I'm just making an example and that's not so much the um attitude here in oklahoma city like it used to be uh whenever i was uh i i graduated back in like 2004 and uh and back then uh i i used to help out a lot of local bands go to people you know, do a lot of promotion and stuff like that mm -hmm. and there was venues everywhere in oklahoma city and they started going after them one by one and they were trying to get rid of all of them and I don't know why, but they but they were trying to get rid of them all. And then when I when I went in the military and it came out, like I would come out to visit, I'm like, like what what's going on tonight? Oh, we're all going to the bar. Cool. Or we're going to this club, right? But then all the clubs got destroyed too, like City Walk and stuff like that. All those big clubs got destroyed too here in Oklahoma City. So, uh, but I think I, I think it's coming back because, I mean, I I'm pretty much set up to go to shows every single weekend. Like uh, I, I take off every Saturday, so I can do that. Um, but I mean, you're I just saying friends. that because it was COVID. And there wasn't any shows. There was no that shows. Helps. No, no, that <laughs> helps. No, that helps because like because because there's there's new venues now out here that are just starting up that started out during 2020. They took that money and they just like rebuilt their venues and and moved and mm. all sorts of stuff like that. But then then there's the ones that shut down like uh, the Fry. Yeah, uh, the, we the, had, new, we, the new Fry shut we had down. We booked a show there for May um, 15th. I'm not trying to be like Mr. Salty over here. And then, like, <laughs> so, like, I, I, I had a, um, a f like, my friends in the scene, like, I, I don't know, like, the, the, um, scene, air quote, or community is, is slim enough anyways, and as it, as, like, the, um, COVID-19 shit happened, um, you know, it got slimmer, like, 
So like one of the few bands I knew that I'm I'm friends with, um, <laughs> they hadn't been playing over the quarantine. They, they those guys were all getting vaccinated and so on. So they were feel a lot more froggy. Start playing now. They're playing again. Anyways, I was like, hey guys, y'all think I'm gonna be ready to play around May? I just I'm dying to play with some people I know. You know, like I'm all like. I don't, not like I have anything to fuss about. Like, we didn't play with any, like, terrible people or anything like that. But, you know, it's like not knowing anybody that you're playing with kind of stinks. Like, because it is fun once you do have friends within the scene and whatnot yeah. to play together. I want to play music with my friends, put them on the bill. Anyways, I, I put my foot in my mouth so bad. I was like, I'm going to get us a show together. Like, that's what I'm doing. So I was so determined. I booked us a show at the freaking Drunken Fry in mid-May and then um early May comes around or no it's um oh April April comes around because it was like April Fool's at the Drunken Fry Close which sounds like it's like are you fucking with us you know <laughs> anyways that band my buddies they, they messaged me it's like the last night the Drunken Fry is ever open we're closing down like April Fool's Day and I'm like, well, fuck, thanks for telling me, you know, I'm only sitting here with a date in my pocket, like, you know. <laughs> well, it's creepy if you go over to that, because, like, I have a lot of friends that hang out at the Hilo, mm -hmm. and, like, right around the corner is the old fry, and they still haven't taken the sign down, so it's just really, really creepy, because it, it just, it just looks like a dead bar that's been there forever, and I'm like, I'm like, why don't you guys just move back over here and reopen up because that's what we really want we don't we don't want to hang out at the hilo all the time you know what was the deal when brahms like um yeah brahms uh they even had a page uh on facebook for it brahms uh was trying to the owners of brahms was trying to say that they needed another location over there but they could have easily bought the property across the street they had the money uh it was an open property they could have plowed it and i think that's what they ended up doing anyway because that's what that's what's being built right now is something like that uh but they were they were trying to take out that property and so uh the people that that own it and some other people came in and they were like well why don't we just get it down as a historical building and then we can get money to rebuild it and just you know some nice um apartment stuff like that make it look nicer and then we will be able to rebuild the bars and so they uh they ended up getting the funding but the fry um they they kind of made a deal and sold their name and their stuff to another company uh, that owns a bunch of restaurants and stuff out here. They actually own the, the bar across the street from the new fry that was that was there. Oh, good times. Um, yeah, good times, yeah. And I I mean, I'm okay with good times, but the, the only time, and I'm hoping that they fixed it, but the one time I went in there was for a birthday party and there was some sewer line busts or something like that. It smelled mm. so bad in See, there. See, that's the way And that's why I never go there. That's like, the way to enjoy good times if you want to sniff some sewer water. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, it's in a large group. Like, I, um, I don't know. I'm, I, I guess I'm a teetotaler now, but I still like frequent bars and whatnot. What's a boy to do for fun? But, um, you know, I, I just, I don't really like good times <laughs> but if you're in a large group, it's fun. If you're not, I personally don't have a good time. I'm not, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I'm not trying to um, badmouth it. But if you have a large group of people, that is one of the places to go to to take that large group. But not a large group, I, it's not my cup of tea. But well, if you're if if you're just walking in with you and your drummer, and you're like, okay, can I get a gig? Like, where are your more favorite? places to just kind of drop 
drop in and play a gig like yeah, around I Oklahoma have no City. idea anymore oh yeah I mean, you look up and it's like <laughs> that that ain't there no more and you know yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know it's been slim pickings and and really just weird um we played more at the blue note than uh I have my whole life in the last like um I guess during air quote quarantine <laughs> you know like freaking um cause, just because there's been this huge void yeah. nobody you know or 90% of the people I knew that were playing there all the time, it was kind of one of those, um, you had gatekeepers, like all these um, people that, I just refer to them as gatekeepers, like at the Blue Note, that, and they changed who did their booking and whatnot, and I guess. Yeah, because it was Amber. Yeah. Did it for oh, a long yeah. time. Yeah, I'm really good friends with Amber, so I've known her for years. Well, I'm glad you said that before I went on a tirade. But, no, yeah. no, no. I mean, I mean, and she might be one of the ones that are hard on people and stuff like that. I, I don't care. You, you talk bad about my friends. I don't care. Um, but I mean, because I don't know who does the booking now. I, I asked the bartender, and I think she wrote it on like a piece of paper and a napkin. But I was so drunk, I don't even know where I put it. So, I, I think I know who does the booking there, but I'm not sure. So, yeah, I should know this because like I'm, I book there a whole lot, but. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I can't really say, because it's always kind of like you do it all through email. Oh, a Michael Jackson, um, I almost want to say Michael Jackson, or Jackson Michael. That sounds <laughs> like grave. I'm fucking with From the you. grave. My but I'm really not. <laughs> like, no, it's just some guy, that that's his name. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, now that I, I'd have to fish through my, my, um, messenger is what i'd have to do and i know the name when i see it i'm just trash with remembering people's names but um it's like jackson michael or i, I know i sound like i'm fucking with you but i'm not and nevertheless like it's a lot it's pretty efficient now how they book but i looked up and i was so i got a little careless with it um and I'll look up, and the floodgates have officially opened. Oh, my like, God. They're booked it's, out until, like, insane. September now, or November. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, it was, like, just whatever I it felt was, like. It was, in a, it was in a matter of a week. Because that's yeah. what me and him, we've been talking about exactly what happened to start happening. In January. Since we started the podcast, yeah. and it's caught us off guard. Because we, we uh, <laughs> the first month that we started the podcast, we, we didn't even put any of the recordings up. Uh, I have them on my computer somewhere, but... Uh, but they were bad quality, and they were, I was like working with the different gear, and and but every single time that we would talk, it would always be like, more, yeah, like it's more, coming, more. it's coming, like it's gonna happen. And then the moment it happened, I was like, dude, this weekend, booked. We can like, only be one place at a time. Ah. Yeah, but it's good it's a good thing it's yeah. it's good that it's coming back it's frustrating sometimes because you buy tickets to a gig and then you get this other one coming through and i think that's why the festivals are exploding because you get all this experience for one ticket price yeah it's a pretty extreme ticket price in a lot of cases but <clears throat> you you get to see all these bands and and kind of catch you up to speed i guess is the best way to put it we've been a year without concerts and, and in my house me and my wife like you said, a Friday night, we're going to go see me. That's like what we do. That's, mm -hmm. that's our good time. Um, some people go to movies. Some people go running. I don't know. I don't, but some people do. <laughs> I used uh, to. <laughs> I used to a lot. Yeah, these I, colors don't, I don't run, run, run no more. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of the things I feel like that, that like really um, kneecapped um, the music industry is the fact that they, they took kids... They just uh, took it away from kids. Like the only places to, to play a show, really, like unless you DIY out in a park, 
are all bars. Like, you know, I mean, back in the day, you talk to like some middle-aged people or older people than that, you know, they're like, oh man, when I was like 13, I went and saw Led yeah. Zeppelin. Yeah. You know, I love rock. It's like, yeah, you would if like that's what you're doing at 13. You know but what I mean? Like Today, no. you just, that's just not even the world we live in today. No. Yeah, you gotta buy up. tickets and like my, uh, my nephews are all into different types of music and, and their dad will be like, yeah, let's go see Tool and then he'll see the ticket prices and he's like, yeah, sorry, can't can't go. Like, and, and then you look go, up, you're at like, Home Depot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, we're seeing Tool. Right? <laughs> <laughs> told you I'd take you. I told you I'd take you to see Tool. Well, you know, ultimately, that's one of our like our big ambitious plan is is to have a, a space of our own, and our idea is is just because of that. It's like we don't want a bar that plays music. We want a venue. That people can put on a show alcohol. and just happens to serve alcohol. Like, and there's there's a big difference in the environment when you walk into a place and you can tell the management approaches it one way versus the other. And there's nothing wrong with bars. That's that's usually a good environment for a songwriter to get up and test their stuff with. You get up there with an acoustic guitar and sometimes you catch some fucking magic. But if I want to see a production, I want to see a, a proper stage, you know, I want to see, I want to see some effort put into it, you know, and get up there and do your thing. And it seems like the more a band that's a little more established tries to bring that to a bar environment, it's just a recipe for a disastrous gig. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's kind of um, like, I'm, I find myself in a really odd position because like restaurants, like if something is a restaurant slash bar, that is not my spot to yeah. play. And it's kind of like, um, <laughs> here I'm eating myself because, like, that's a air quote bar environment that I suppose kids could be at. They usually drive them out, though, about 9 o'clock, which is, you know, before or during the, the music time. But um, nevertheless, like, I'm not a restaurant-friendly rock and roll group. I am a very <laughs> abrasive, like, you know, it's like we... Yeah, you, know, you don't you don't want to be in a room where people are sitting at a table eating, a, like, a cheeseburger, watching well, like people watch play, like, yeah, this is some good rock and roll. I would like that, personally. <laughs> to, like, I'm not like a lot of people. <laughs> well, you just like it's your like, royalty and rock. You're not, you're not oh, the yeah. guy that goes and plays the S&B burgers, or the, and, and even like, if they I, have shows at those. Even if I don't like your shit, if you're playing it loud and obnoxiously enough to bother somebody else in the restaurant, I'll focus my attention on that person because now I'm, now I'm being entertained by that. So I could definitely get into that. Well, it's like, and yes, that's also one of my problems. I started chasing the, chasing the tone dragon. Oh, I've got boy. tube amps and, you know, they only sound good if you crank them up, man. Like, so what's boy to do? I got an attenuator and the fucker's still too loud. Oh, man. Oh. And that's, that's one I'm, right now I'm about to do the greatest service to of musicians ever because ain't nobody told me hey there's these things called attenuators which make tube amps a little quieter so you can crank it up and still get that juicy tune tone it, nobody that, tells you that it's not that much more quiet but no it is, it's it not that quieter much, but it's a little <laughs> it's a little bit, bit. <laughs> and you know what? a little bit goes a long ways so when you're well, yeah, 12 o'clock and it does it does kind of compress that tone and allow you to get it at at a lower volume, but yeah, 100 watts is still okay. No, no, get this. <laughs> All right, my my understanding of tone or tone, of of watts and volume is wrong. I I got these little lunchbox orange amps, and like oh, I fell in love with them. But they're seven slash fifteen watt, 
And like most of the time I'm playing on seven watts of tube. And that fuckers are still entirely too loud. Yeah. Now granted I have it cranked up a little bit, but you know. What, mean, what kind of cabinet you run it through? Well, um, I, 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 depending on what we're doing, if we're headlining, I play through um, a B52 um, 4x12 or whatever. And then if we're not headlining, I like to be cute and tone it down a little bit. I got a one by, um, uh, is it one by twelve? It's a black heart cabinet, which is like um, a little boutique cabinet, and I like it a whole lot. But um, but yeah, freaking. So I try to to dress accordingly to the event, so to speak. Like I like um, it, there's something about having a full stack rock and roll. Oh, it's yeah. like the amps on stage. That's part of it all. Like is seeing that stuff, and I'm big on the whole um, amp worship and taking up stage space, which is like even more work now that I'm in a two piece. Like you can't be up there with an empty stage. Like well, yeah, and then uh, those amps are uh, never easy to lug around. You know, yeah, and I play with two amps. So, like, it has to make up for a little bit of shit and to get all clever and sneaky with them. I use a looper. Very, very little, though. Like, I don't use it as much as you would think. What's your signal chain as far as... you keep it pretty pretty tight? Or you... you, 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 you I mean, with psychedelic kind of doom metal, you, there's... I always default to Matt Pike from High on Fire. Like, his... He's kind of like the... Well, and uh, Mastodon also, as far it's as the sleek. prog. Yeah. But those those are like the kind of you know go to guys to look at for what that tone is for that music and it's kind of funny that ultimately Matt Pike is pretty stripped back on his effects and he makes that music but I mean Orange is perfect for that yeah kind yeah of music that and that's why I got Orange is I didn't want distortion pedals and I really I I fancy myself a minimalist when it comes to effects because I don't want to be that guy. Like, that's got a gajillion... Pa- I don't want to beat the edge. <laughs> <laughs> Mission control there. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Like, you know what? Full all, on Mac PC. All respect, dude. <laughs> Tons of wires oh, just everywhere. This shit gets ridiculous. I'm, I'm pretty illiterate as it is, so, like, the less, the better for me. Like, I don't know. I mean, effects are tools. Like, you're stupid if you're just completely anti-effects. Like, it's like, what, you don't have any tools? Well, you know, you're at you're working at Home Depot. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Why the Home Depot? Hey, I don't I know. You know, I'm a, I'm actually a Lowe's guy. It's so, so funny. I'm so, really surprised. So, uh, Ron, you know, Roy, right? Or Ron? Ron. 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 Yeah, yeah. Ron <laughs> messages me. I don't know if he sent you this, but like he messages me, and uh, I wish I had it hooked up so I could play it for you. But he um, he has a video, and uh, and he's like. He starts playing something. He's like, man. Yeah. He's like, I can't believe I realized that that I could play this so fast. And I was like, was like, what is that? Like CSI? Like I'm naming off shows and stuff. He rolled us. Yeah. I was like, I was like, is that is that is that CSI? (laughs) Like I'm thinking like Gil Grissom. Like he's making a joke because my last name's Grissom, you know. And he and he comes back. He's like, no, man, that's the Home Depot theme. And I'm like, damn. What was the other one? He he sends this. It's a video and it starts playing automatically on your messenger and it shows him just this dude. His guitar playing is just next level. One player to another. I'm like I can't touch him. I'm just back here in my pentatonic blues licks. He's over there fucking playing Marty Friedman shit. So, but it's it shows the video playing. I'm like cool. I want to hear this and it's him 
he cut the sound and did a voiceover going jicka 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 Where'd you get that tone? He actually got my interest in uh, fucking turn the sound on and it's him just dubbing his voice over it. God damn it. (laughs) Well, okay, okay, so Orange Amps, minimal effects. I mean, uh, what what kind of guitar? I mean, as far as completing that tone. Les Paul guy, like, all the way. I just, um... I don't know. Les Paul was my first guitar. And I don't know if it's because of that, or I'm just a freaking weirdo, but light guitars that are, like, physically not heavy, I don't like them. They just don't feel right in my hands, like, that and humbuckers are where it's well, at. Well, yeah, yeah, to get that, especially a, a, a two, a three-piece, you, you need that, that back. Of a two-piece, you definitely need that. Yeah, that I really need to get a baritone guitar is what I ought to do, but, oh, your boy's poor. Yeah, baritones are... They're a different animal altogether, man. Uh, I think most most guitar players would just rather go the seven string route than go the, the change the scale length and all that. Mm. But I mean, at the same time, if you're playing in a two piece, you you need something to cover that bottom end too. You yeah, know? I mean, we play a full step down. Or I say we. <laughs> it's like it's me and a drummer. Yeah, I make what him. What key is it in? Man? I make <laughs> him to the drums a full step down. No, no, actually, he plays drums and drop C. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking man. I don't know. And that was just like a, a weird habit. Whenever I was like uh, 15, my guitar teacher was like, oh, you know, if, if stuff in a step down sounds heavier. And I was like, oh, yeah, everything's got to be heavy. So, you know what? I'm just going to make everything I do heavier forever. Still and, playing nines when you drop it down like that? Well, I, I get these um, custom strings. And what's funny is on acoustic, I don't give a rat's ass what kind of strings. You could ask me, what kind of strings do you use on acoustic? I don't fucking know. <laughs> you know, I, I guess, uh, what do they come ones. with? <laughs> Medium heavy. What's available? <laughs> I, I get heavier. Got some super slinkies. It's all good. <laughs> heavier, but um, electric, though, I'm a total diva. Like, I do, like, 11s. There's, DR makes this, um, this brand called, or this, um, air quote, model of string called DDTs, which drop down tuning. So they just, they're tired and fuck, like, a full step down, so they're not just hanging there rattly. Yeah. Uh, that... Normal strings are. Which, I can't tune my guitar to standard, or it's just, like, retard tight, and I'm just gonna screw my neck up, so... I don't know. I throw a capo on the second fret if I want to be froggy and playing standard. You get that option, which is kind of cute. But I hate playing with a capo. But as a normal person should. Well, most of your songs are, or all of your songs are, they in drop D, or do you screw around with any open? Oh, none of them are in drop D. Oh, I'm sorry. Air quote D standards. Yeah, yeah. I call it or full step down. Yeah. Although no, I have a. our super hit is <laughs> in standard, so I'll throw a capo on it. Which uh, I wrote this cookie cutter country song forever ago, which is just, I don't know, everything I do, I guess my secret is if I'm doing something seriously, it, if there's a, an immense amount of irony attached to it, then it works. Like, <laughs> every deep anything I do just winds up ironic as fuck. Like, well, uh, you kind of force the hand when you say you dress up like a rhinestone cowboy and then you go in there playing psychedelic metal shit. Like, uh, yeah. It, Booker's probably didn't really realize. <laughs> yeah, well, nobody, nobody knows 
is what we sound like. Like they just um they're like, You can oh. tell me you sound like anything and then you can get on the stage and then you're like, haha, bitch. <laughs> no, I'll I'll show up to a show dressed up like a total cowboy, all freaking super country and western, like pearl snaps and all the rockabilly shit. And um fuck, I showed up to uh, Tulsa wearing a poncho because I went to Little Mexico visiting a good friend of mine who owns a um a, a Mexican ice cream shop. Well, his mother does. It's family business. We'll just say that. Anyhow, we went to the little Mexican swap meet thing, and I got a couple ponchos because I was feeling froggy, and they had them for sale. And you know, sometimes you just gotta get a poncho. <laughs> Nevertheless, I walked in this venue wearing a poncho, got my boots, my hat, and all that mess. And we have no music online or anything, so. The only thing the other bands and the audience had was straight white buffaloes playing, you know. It's like God knows what they expect. <laughs> and then they see that, and then it's like... Uh, oh, this will be uh, country. Okay. You know, I gave them a couple of uh, air quote red dirt tunes. What's so funny is we played this metal festival out in um, Sparks, Oklahoma, which was a lot of fun. The hallway on the way up there, I'm just like, we're not doing the red dirt stuff. Like, we, we have a full original set. We have... I mean, I, I like to think that we don't have to put ourselves in a box as far as genre goes. So I've got a couple of tunes. I would fancy Red Dirt, although you could call them Southern Rock. <laughs> Nevertheless, we get there, and the whole time I'm telling the drummer, the rest of the band, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we're not doing those songs. And we get on the drummer, the rest of the band. The rest of the band. We get on stage, I'm like, all right, we're doing the songs. And, like, I had the... You know, fuck, like, it's all how you sell shit. I was like, all right, you guys like Southern Rock? Oh, yeah, baby. So, like, you know, they're like, hell yeah. <laughs> so we, we, air quote, played Southern Rock. And the funniest thing about it is that's what was most well-received. They're like, oh, that Southern Rock y'all did. Freaking great. Like, you know, we got we got places you guys need to play because that, that just love that Southern Rock. I'm like, oh, my God. Well, hey, I mean, if... If you don't have an online presence and you're booking gigs, I'd say you're 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 on the right track. I yeah, mean, it's all referral at the moment, but we got one video. What's funny is we put it on BitChute. I say we. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like we can put this on YouTube, but we're gonna go with like the obscure network. That, hey, you that, know what? <laughs> I don't want to be censored. I you want people who are booking your band to... You, when they say we've heard of you, you better know they went looking. Oh, they heard. They went looking. They heard more than just <laughs> us, all right? <laughs> they were like, yeah, you know, I was uh, I was actually watching some Alex Jones videos and I came upon your work, and man, you are a good artist. <laughs> In between. The frogs are gay. <laughs> you know? Straight white buffalo and gay frogs. That sounds like a punk show. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> we gotta find a band named Gay Frogs now. Oh, call Vegas. Get on that. I'm sure. I'm. If he doesn't know one, he'll start one. He Alex Jones like is the singer, you know. <laughs> so, who are, who are some of your biggest influences? As far as I mean, I have different influences from like what influenced my playing versus how I like my tone. I guess amp combo stuff. So, like, where, where do you really draw a lot of that from? Well, Led Zeppelin, it was like uh, being a young teenager and watching the DVDs and just, like, what's funny about it is it was Stairway to Heaven, just watching that solo 
air quote live, like on DVD. I was like, oh my god, like yeah. I gotta do that. I'm Madison, do Madison Square Garden yeah. footage. Yeah, I was like, I that's what I'm gonna do. So, uh, <laughs> freaking yeah, Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page is the man. And you know, just like one of the things when I first started playing, it was like I was in a thrash band and stuff. It was all thrash metal music. What's so funny about it is like. Whenever I was a teenager playing metal music, like hardcore, screamo, and all that shit was all the rage. Yeah. And I was so not having any of that shit. I was like, oh, if it ain't Led Zeppelin or Metallica, fuck it. Like, I don't want to listen to it. And then now, as a grown man and all that shit is not relevant anymore, I'm like looking back, finding stuff I liked. <laughs> you know, it's like I could have literally been there, but no, I was a freaking asshole, like. I've always gravitated towards a little more um, blues-based, uh, uh, a little, little sloppier on the backbeat kind of rock and roll. Mm. You know, I love the technical stuff, and like we were saying, Ron, he's he can do that shred and all those kind of things, and and that's it blows me away. But if if I default to what I'm listening to in my car, yeah, they were going to blues-based rock and roll or yeah, nineteen twenties and thirties blues. And air quote country and western that like I, that's kind of where my love is. The funny thing about um, Straight White Buffalo is it was originally going to be called Cotton White and the Pickers because I was super passionate about doing traditional blues swing music. You're really on for the questionably offensive <laughs> yeah, name. Right? Okay, no, no. As far as blues satire, that is like one of the best satirical blues names ever. And it and like. Yes, I guess it's risque, <laughs> but it was like contrived for the sake of, it, it of would, blues. It, it would it would make people say it would make them ask themselves, "Am I supposed to be offended by reading that name?" <laughs> well, like, it would take all night to figure that one out. I mean, you listen. <laughs> they're watching the band. Am I offended by this? Or you listen like Cadillac Records, all that like swing. I love swing. Ba- music. Yeah, it had bounce to that it. traditional yeah. blues swing. I was super passionate about playing that kind of stuff, and that's really what I wanted to do. And um, and then just as um, time went on, I, I just kind of um, actually what happened was I got out of the hospital with my brain injury and all that shit. It was just so cool. I played a show like. Um, about three weeks after I got out of the hospital, the neck brace, it was a real class act. Jesus Anyways, Christ. I was expecting that the pressure would make me get my shit together. And it was a uh, solo acoustic gig. <laughs> and fuck, I bombed it so hard. <laughs> I've never felt like quitting music more in my life than playing that show. It was so bad. I've had those gigs. And I was just like, what? I, I really had to like, it was one of those introspective, like, why do I like doing this, you know? And I really had to ask myself that question. So I was like, yeah, rock and roll, man. Like, that was where the fun was. Like, so I kind of just had to take a bunch of steps backwards to find, refine and rekindle the love of doing this shit and why I liked it in the first place. And so I went back there and I'm trying to do that, which is kind of dumb as an artist because, like, you mature and grow. It's like, I don't really do drugs anymore. Like, you know, it's yeah. like... It's like, so, me singing about drugs and shit, it's kind of, like, low-key disingenuous. Although I've done all that dumb shit in my life, so I guess, like, it's, like, it's still genuine, sort of, but I'm not, like, actively 
hot railing bullshit in hotel rooms anymore. <laughs> anything like that, like. Well, it's, and it's hard to when you're when you talk from a like a songwriter, you know, to to tell a story with drugs being the main topic. It it can go. It can get to be just kind of, meh. Pretty quick, you know. If, if if you can really, if you know how to really tell the story, mm. some of those can be great. You know, there's, there's well, always great. Songs I just about believe drugs. it's kind of like um, I'll I'll throw a um, a pop culture reference in it. It's like what um, Adventure Time did, sort of. Supposedly, one of their big missions was to mature with their audience. So, like, they started off like at a air, air quote certain age kind of humor, and they kind of grew with what they presume their demographic was like their their main audience and that's kind of feel like what you're supposed to do with music but it's like when you look up it's like wow i've been an artist for you know 15 years but i have like zero recorded shit so like <laughs> right now i'm playing shit that i wrote when i was like 21 you know <laughs> it's like for fuck's sake it's finally seeing the um light of day so it's brand new and i've got to be excited about it again <laughs> But nevertheless, it's like, um, you don't want to be too serious all the time. Particularly when you're starting out. That's why rock and roll, you're supposed to like hit it big when you're like fucking 12 or you know, <laughs> 16 or some shit. Like, so you literally get to grow. You're, oh, it's like, he's supposed to be a dirtbag degenerate. He's young. Yeah. It's like, well, huh, I'm just playing shit I wrote when I was young. I'm old now, but, you know, just ignore that. <laughs> well, I mean... And look at Molly Crew. They're still acting like they're twenty somethings. Well, they're not sounding like they're twenty somethings, but they're acting like it. It's all good. You can do it, man. You can do it. <laughs> well, I'm trying. Freaking out. It is a lot of fun, but yeah, I had to just kind of really um take a bunch of steps back, and it's like not like I'm just this super mature person, like that. Oh, I'm just so mature. I'm not about singing about pussy all the time and drugs. Like, I I mean, I still love pussy all the time. I don't do drugs anymore, but you know, fuck it, I'll, I'll sing about it. Like, hey, you gotta but... keep the spirit of rock and roll like shitty for a reason, you know. Yeah, you gotta you gotta sell it to the people out there. They might be on drugs, you know. Yeah, well, that's what you hope. That's probably why they're, that's probably why they're there. Look at A, man. <laughs> well, you threw a name at me, too, that I, I actually just kind of found out about these guys, and they're a Norman band. Uh, uh, Rainbows are free. Yeah. They, How did you stumble across man, those Man, okay, so my guitar teacher, when I was like 15, um, he, um, he was like, hey, so I'm in this new band now, playing bass. And Why does every guitar player sound like that when someone tells a story? Hey, man, I swear, I do the same thing. There's got to be something to that. Yeah, you know, what's sad is that's not even a good impression. It's like Cake, the music business song. It's uh, like uh, we're building a religion. <laughs> and it, and it, it's, it's like it's like he's calling you dude. He's in the music business. Oh, that's, yeah. Like, hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man, you hey. want to, like, come down and uh, rock your fucking face off at a venue, man? man. Like, I work, I worked at venues, man. I'll tell you, man. We're just gonna kick you out of the venue because, like, I worked at venues. You, you were, you were partying way too hard, man. Don't you know who I am? Don't this you whole know conversation is happening in Home Depot aisle. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, he doesn't even talk like that. I don't, I don't. Yeah, you I don't they all do. That's the problem. <laughs> Well, like when you're telling the story, you did. I tell a story. Yeah, it's like it's a normal cop like, "Hey, man, uh, blah blah blah." But like when you're telling the story, it's, "Hey, man, hey, man." Hey, man. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> but nevertheless, yeah, he, he so like I got the like the shitty um, air quote voice memo, which actually was a um, a boss micro br that he had, like just some really really crude demos, like from them first jamming and shit. And so like as they got together from the beginning and whatnot, I was like a young teenager, just like those. That was my local Led Zeppelin, and like that I just I love those guys. It's Kind of a little tragic, so um, my guitar teacher is no longer in that band, so that's a little, uh, oh. Man, nevertheless, like, there's still a shit, freaking, um, the singer is one of the, the biggest influences, like, I've had for singing, like, besides Robert Plant, because, like, um, somebody's supposed to tell Greta Van Fleet this, but, um, you know, you can love Robert Plant, but you can't be Robert Plant. <laughs> you kind of got to do your own thing. Like, your own little spin it. Nevertheless, though, finding other... I'm so that we talk tired about of defending these guys on my show, man. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was in the bar one day, and I'm like listening. I'm like, man, I've never heard this Led Zeppelin song. And then somebody <laughs> told me who it was, and I was like, who the fuck is that? And then I saw him on SNL, and I'm like, no, no. Nope, not gonna like this, guys. Yeah, it's I wish it. Led Zeppelin. <laughs> but, okay, isn't it kind of fucked up that everybody says, man, I really wish they'd make records like the old days, man, like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Here you have someone who did exactly that, and they turn around and shit all over them. You know what? Yeah, fuck them. Because there's a way, there is a way to make, that's what I'm fucking doing. It's making, like, heavy metal rock and roll in the 70s standards of saying heavy metal. You know, fuck, like, I'm not sitting there like a serial killer fucking clipping out sounds from fucking Led Zeppelin or, you know, I'm cooking up my own shit and making a little gumbo and bringing it to the world. Like, you know, that's what everybody is supposed to freaking do is like, okay, you got your influences. Well, first off, give the devils their due. Those little assholes... They're like, That's oh, we don't even yeah. sound like Led Zeppelin. I don't even listen to Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, oh, okay, oh, really? Uh-huh. Like, uh, yeah, uh, that that I, I would agree is is probably not the not the move. At least I mean, own it. Own They're it. like, yeah, like I am fucking deep throating, fucking Robert Plant. <laughs> you know, fucking okay, like fucking. Yeah, he, he pleaded guilty at least. You know, like there's the guys, a little the, dignity there. The right? guy's got a line and. He walked right over it. Well, there's zero decency there. Like, I mean, we're all like, I mean, everybody is like, I don't know, maybe it's because they're so young. But then you look at every rock band there is ever, like from the 70s and 80s and whatnot, and 98% of those guys all hit it big when they're like um, in their teens. Yeah. Like, well, and if you know, like Motley Crue, for example, again, it's like when they did the Shout at the Devil stuff, Nikki Six in some of those old interviews, he made no bones about it that he lifted entire sections of Kiss's songs in some cases. Kiss put him on tour. That only lasted a couple shows because it's Motley Crue. But <laughs> I mean, it, it's yeah, own it. That's what I say. If 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 it's that heavy of an influence and it's that obvious in the sound, just run with it. Just say, hey, I love them. This is our uh, homage to them. But then might try to. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, separate maybe away they gotta maybe little, be, I don't know. Maybe they gotta be little assholes to keep their ass from getting sued. <laughs> but, you know, like it. Like I used to watch a lot of like. Um, 
I know this is really weird, the straightway buffalo guy. He used to watch a lot of rap stuff, you know, and, and watching the OGs talk about, you know, fuck, like they had a term for it. I don't remember it because it's been, I've slept some, bumped my head. Anyhow, <laughs> freaking, they had a term for it. If you went copping somebody's style, like, you don't fucking do that. Yeah. Like, you know, you just don't. And, I mean, those guys probably shoot your ass or, or something, Man, like, the, you know. Uh, the more and more, especially, like, nowadays, you. Uh, Whatever the fuck is going on in Florida makes me proud as fuck to be an Oklahoman. Because I always thought our state was the most fucked up. No, not anymore. The, the the body count in the rap game in Florida is like... There's YouTube channels, man. It's a daily update on <laughs> who died last night, who had a shooting last night. It's not funny, but it's just like shit's just off the hook out there. Mm. You know, and... and they're catching up on the... Man, probably not. I was going to say, are they finally catching up on the crime rate? Like... You know, Oklahoma, we actually had one of the highest in the city, or in the city, in the country. <laughs> the highest in Oklahoma City. <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma City is the highest crime rate in Oklahoma City, you know? Who would have ever guessed? It's probably well, not higher than Lawton, though. Oh, I think Lawton was the, was the place where it was the highest in the state. Um, at least, it was a few years ago, because I had a buddy that lived out there, and he was telling me that, and I'm like, really? What? Shady 580, hmm. man. <laughs> I got woken up last night from, uh, w like, initially I thought, I don't know if it was, but, like, I was having flashbacks for a moment because, like, I, I, all I hear is, like, like, fucking noise coming from outside. And I don't know if it was fireworks or what, because by the time I got to the window, I looked outside, I'm like, what the fuck? And, like, it didn't see nothing, so I'm like, but it was loud as hmm. fuck. But it, it sounded like gunshots, like an actual gun. That's the thing about this time of year, though. It's like, yeah, so you're like, ah, like gunshots, fireworks, which one is it? I don't know. And, <laughs> and in Oklahoma, it could go either way. I, I mean, everybody's smoking pot and has guns. That's, that's Oklahoma today, you know? So, and we have fireworks year-round. <laughs> yeah, well, right now particularly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was actually just discussing to my drummer, because we rehearse out in the country. The rest of the band. <laughs> yeah, the rest yeah. of the band. <laughs> we were having a band meeting, you know? <laughs> All of us were assembled, which is really hard to do, like, you know, getting that many schedules, you know, lives. Hey. Even a two-piece band, having a band meeting can sometimes be very difficult to schedule. <laughs> yeah, and that's half the reason it's a two-piece. It's not even like I'm, I'm such a freaking, um, I'm just so anal about, like, this, this sound we got. It's just like, I love, like, having to deal with one person instead of a whole, like, myriad of goons. Like, yeah, different with, personalities. With different jobs yeah. and lives and old ladies and kids and shit like you know fuck this shit's hard like, i mean there are bands that are professional major label bands that this is their job their life and it's still hard to keep it together you hell know? yeah <laughs> but, well you got anything uh i know you have a gig tonight this won't actually drop today but we'll definitely get the flyer up on our facebook page you have anything coming up Are you in the studio writing or working uh, or anything yeah, like that um right now i'm i'm working on a driller not a, ooh, i'm a liar Work over, Rick. <laughs> Everybody's been shitting on me for calling it a rig. Like, my buddies are accustomed to working on drilling rigs. So, evidently, work over, work over rig, you're just not nearly as cool. Oh. And anyways, fucking, I've been doing that shit. So, I'm trying to bankroll this shit because, like, a lot of people I meet, like, they, they which makes perfect sense. Like, they're scumbag musicians. You know, they, they get financers to, like, pay for all this shit. And it's not so much that I'm just like, I don't want anybody telling me how to play my music. And there's a little bit of that. 
But sure. really, I don't want owe nobody nothing. I like my kneecaps. And, <laughs> you know, when you're a grinded band, there's not just all this fucking money coming our way. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? So it's like, for somebody to get financially involved and then expect, like, um, monetary returns, I'm just like, I don't know how to do it yet. So, like, I don't really want to owe people parts of the peanuts that I get, you know, like fuck. Well, and it's me. like when you when you take money <clears throat> under the table, you don't know what that person is actually capable of. Nothing in this life is for free. No, no, and, and, and a lot not. of and a lot of those bands, it's uh, it's a lot of it's sponsored based. Well, so, back in the sixties, so you had to go up on stage and be like, "Yeah, we're being sponsored by this, uh, you know, guitar brand or whatever." Yeah, that would be. I'd be okay with that, like any sponsors might come. But away. You know, like but. all this stuff, I, I'm I'm I've really uh, interested in how the mob came to be, the mafia in New York and their tentacles and how the connected it all was, and there it has been declassified now. It, it was last year or yeah, last, Trump's last year. He some of this stuff came to light and how deeply embedded they were in the '60s and '70s in the music industry that. You know, that, that Godfather scene where he says, oh, you know, one thing will be on this contract, your brains or your signature. Like, that kind of shit really did go down. Uh-huh. And they, they financed a lot of these hits. That's where payola came from and all mm-hmm. that shit. And it kind of makes you... I'm sure that's still that way to some degree. I know they're watching that shit a lot closer these days. And with the internet and all just the ease of access, I'd say, nowadays you can do it yourself. Whereas back then, the gatekeepers yeah. were the people that had the money to get the plug, to get the plug, to get the connection, to get the connection. You make the album, boom. Well, for whatever reason, nefarious people seem to be the um, the music industry, and not to mention the, the people with the fucking money that want to, like, um, air quote, help out. And I just, like, I'm a firm believer, ain't nothing for free, and... Um, I don't know if I can afford oh, <laughs> the yeah. cost of that shit. Yeah. So, like, if I can um, do whatever myself, that's the route I'm going to try to take. I mean, it gets to an impossible place. Like, I'm sure it will. Like, I am I play guitar and sing and write songs. That's what I'm good at. I'm not good at fucking all this booking and the business side of it. I'm trying my damnedest, but, you know, like, I'm a firm believer, like, like, we just dropped a logo and some art and shit. And you know what? Like, as artsy as I am, I needed to find an artist to do that. Because if you want good shit, it's like, all right, my, my car's fucked up. So, I don't know how to work on a car. Well, if I want it running good, I'm going to get me a freaking mechanic. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, insert analogy, however. Like, so, you want good art? Get an artist to do it. Like, so yeah. that's what we did there. And that, that, that's kind of, I guess, a lot of the idea about, like, labels is they have those people to do those jobs, and that's why For they sure. take all your money. That would definitely be the attraction, to, even in today's world, with getting a major label deal, is you get that team that pushes you. You get a publicist. You have these people. But the, the, the trade-off is you don't necessarily have control of it either. Yeah. So, I, you know... It, it, hey, whatever's right for whoever wants to do what, as, as long as nobody's getting into these deals out of ignorance and not understanding what, what's going to happen, mm. you know. <clears throat> I have my head in doing everything independent as it sets, but, you know, 
It's like being a politician. Like, you know, I'm going to be an honest one. And you can say that until the devil's at your door. You know, like, yeah. you never know until... <laughs> well, and you can make decisions with the best of intentions and it goes to shit regardless. You yeah, know? I'm pretty it's good just at life. that, too. So. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my special talents. That and surviving um, automobile or motorcycle wrecks. <laughs> I don't know. Just, like, death on the road. Shit, man. Well... I guess on that note, I guess we'll uh, wrap it up, man. Cotton White, thank you for being with us, man. Thank you and, for uh, me. Man, it seemed like you uh, had quite the quite the month leading up to this, so I hope you're feeling better, and I hope you get back at it. And uh, Where's the gig at tonight? It's the 51st Speakeasy. Okay. I'm nice. super stoked about that. Sad thing is we had a... Um, <laughs> the last air, time we had a show there was... Um, June 27th, I was with a band called um, Crooked Vinyl. I was a singer for it. And we had an EP release show for, <laughs> I guess, 2020, June 27th. And then the lockdowns happened um, a week before that for Ooh. COVID. And then subsequently, the band broke up and all that mess. And this life is so great for um, artists for covid era america you know <laughs> i am not the only story that's oh no, the same oh, no, no. That every single person we've, we've talked, talked to bands that were actually experiencing a, a period of success and getting getting up on the rung of these shows and and this hit and they're like what do we do you know this is this is what we did and now it's gone so but uh, uh fortunately a lot of them have have decided to dig in and and go forward uh, some of them have fell by the wayside but uh it's good to see things picking up as as irritating as it is i can't be all the places at one time but yeah. it's good to see gigs it's good to see everything coming back and it's good that you're you're getting booking i mean like you said if, for for having a buried online presence it's, it's good to be getting booked and and getting out there and doing your thing so it's good so, referrals you know. hey man <laughs> and just not being an asshole that's one of the the keys to success, you know, is like the music scene. I don't know. You get a lot of people big time, and and I'll say like within local music, the Me Too movement has reoccurred, and a lot of the the big guys have disappeared. And I think it's really funny because little dirtbag us are going along just fine. Well, <laughs> no, um, they don't say sex, drugs, and rock and roll for no reason. Yeah, but I mean, you can you can be a decent human. Being. Sure. For and sure. do all that mess. If you victimize someone, obviously, yeah, that's you that, can be a decent human being. That is outside the bounds someone. of sex, drugs, and rock and We're roll. We're scandal free at the moment, <laughs> which is really nice, and I'm pretty sure we're gonna stay that way too because we're good boys. We play in Tulsa um, July 10th at Badass Renee's, and I'll tell you, I was pumped. I was gonna make that the. I was gonna put all my energy into that, and then having a fucking car wreck and all this other shit i am a little short on energy but <laughs> you know on stage it's gonna be great i just had a lot a lot of plans i'm probably not gonna do now but um nevertheless we're still gonna rock that so that's um and then we're planning on kind of going on high so i'm gonna go work on oil rig and cook up some money hopefully we'll be recording and great things will be coming out here shortly we shall see. 
You got like songs written, just ready to oh, put yeah. them down. Oh yeah, we. I mean, fuck, we do a full original sets like every show. Like so, we've got about an hour and a half of original material. Nice. So nice. it'll keep growing. We're gonna force ourselves to be cool guys and play covers eventually. Like, what, moment, what's your uh, drummer's name? We'll give a shout out. Ryan there. Moraine. He also is the uh, front man of the Metatonics. And the lead guitar player for Gentry Counts Band. He's he's the dude. That's my stud bull, man. Nice. He's one of my best friends, also. Like, which it, it's weird how a bands work, cause most of most bands you see out there, like, um, they met from Craigslist or something. Now I didn't meet him through Craigslist. And that's one of the few like um, bandmates I ever had that I didn't meet through Craigslist. I met him kind of naturally in the wild through the scene, but um. Nevertheless, like, it's just, um, I used to have a policy of, like, ah, I'm not trying to, like, buddy up with people in bands, and it's like, because <laughs> then you start dealing with all their shit, you know? It's like, <laughs> if you keep a business uh, relationship, that's probably the wise way to go, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm real impressed all around, and he's just one of those few people, he's a guitar player at heart. Well, I guess he's a drummer at heart, but he also plays guitar, and he's probably better than me. But I say probably because I'm kind of the shit too. You know? <laughs> we'll see. But um, I don't know. He's 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 my dude. Like, and I try to exploit his badassery on the drums because I mean we can't rely on hundred percent of my badassery on guitar because I'm just I'm milking those pentatonic blues skills. Hey man, I'm I've guilty of it tits too. Man. On them, I'm milking them for all they're worth. Like, hell yeah, man. All right, man. Um, Cotton white, straight white buffalo. Thank you for being with us, man. Hell yeah. Shout out to Rainbows are free out of Norman. I'll probably be reaching out to those guys here pretty soon anyways. So My local heroes um, right there. Yeah, like I said earlier, guys, if you so feel inclined to donate, head over to our page. And uh, we love y'all. We'll see y'all down the line.